Build Wit Internal Podcast. Here we are. Alex Horton, Aaron Witt. Now, I hate to say this. Now you're just a tiny bit too loud. <laughs> I, I don't know why, but it's like, it's like this little sweet spot. And if it's not quite there, it just, it's very tricky. You just, it was just a little, uh, not very much. I need to record at a certain volume too. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. so I'm both mixing for how we hear it and mixing for how I can adjust it. Yeah, it's just like a couple things all at once. But as long as we're happy, it's yeah. just a little. Yeah. Okay, you're good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think the big thing is I like it. Um, I like to be at the same level. Mm-hmm. And if one person is at a different level, it it just throws it off a little bit. The uh, Garrett Wilson podcast and the Anna podcast, which Anna comes out this Thursday, they were both kind of like all, all yeah, over yeah. a little bit, which I, I like that they both seemed really comfortable. I mean, Garrett like ended up moving all the way across and his head was in your camera view. Nice. Um, <laughs> but like that's tricky because the further they are away, the more I have to turn up the whole thing, which then all of a sudden, that means you're also hearing the shh. Mm-hmm. You know, um, well, we need to do a better job being like, can you, can you talk to the goddamn microphone? I, know, I, 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 I like, like Joe Rogan will do that. Like, just like talking talk mouth on the microphone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and, I mean, mics are weird. I think especially for um, the kinds of people we normally talk to. They've almost certainly never spoken in a microphone before. No. And well, so, Garrett for sure never spoken in a mm-hmm. microphone. Anna, she said never spoken in a mic. I mean. Probably like 95% of our guests, unless they're repeat guests, have never even like have never been interviewed like this before, never been spoken into a microphone. And we, it used to be awkward for me, but I've just taken it for granted because we've been doing it for a year and a half. Yeah. You've now spoken into a microphone for like 200 podcasts in your Mm -hmm. life. Like you're kind of, yeah, it just starts to become, it it starts to become natural. But Mm -hmm. I do remember. I think the very first time I spoke into a podcast or smoked into a microphone on a podcast was for Turner Mining Group's podcast, yeah. which was at least two years ago now. Well, that was before I came on to build it, period. Yeah, so two years ago. January. Would that have been, that have been January? Mm, December or January. I think maybe December. Uh, maybe exactly two years ago. Okay. Yeah. I remember when I was in like the... We're gonna make you an offer. Hold on a couple of weeks, phase. Yeah, yeah, we had to wait a little. Somebody bit Somebody had sent. It might have been Dan, or I mean, it couldn't have been that many people. <laughs> There's only six people working here. Um, somebody had sent me that, yeah. and they said, "Here's like a great intro to build it, like straight from Aaron's mouth." The Turn of Mind Group podcast. Yeah, talking about, and it's like that was sort of true, but like now that I've been here and kind of. And gotten the sh- the spiel so many times. It's like there's there's some value there, but like I'm glad that we have our own podcast too. I need to listen to it again. I'd be curious to see how that podcast has aged. That's a good thought. I, I mean, I certainly haven't listened to it. If there was video too, right? Uh, it was on video. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like first first time ever doing anything like that. Was that in his podcast studio? Where was that? It was in their office. Okay. So they've turned an office space of their office into, into a podcast a studio. studio. Yeah. 
It, and they were doing it consistently for a while, and then it just dropped off. They were doing a lot consistently, and then it just dropped off. Burn. Well, I, I, I know. I'm just kidding. I know they've had uh, their internal marketing. It's been a struggle. Um, I mean, you, you, I think you were talking to maybe Anna last week just about like they've kind of had grown the company to a certain point, and then which is like actually here's what we want to work on, and so they're kind of regressing back to the things they want to focus on or whatever. Is that true? I, I'm going to talk to Keaton about this when he comes out next week or next year and next month, next year and next month. It is a couple of weeks, but not too many. Yeah. I think, so they went super untraditional. Let's just buck the trend of the mining industry and create a truly different mining business. Then what happened was economic trouble they put a lot of their eggs into one basket and lost a contract. And I saw, I know there was some, there was some dollars associated with, with why mm. they had to pull back. But I think, I think on a bigger level, I just don't think the mining industry is quite ready for their approach yet. And it was just a little too, too progressive in an industry that's very, very, very sure. conservative. Mm. And, and so they, they had to pull way back and then they were just going to a different level. They had younger leadership. They needed to revise their leadership. So when they revised their leadership, they brought in some more traditional mining folks. And now to get to that next higher up level, to get into the big mines, mm-hmm. they need to be less progressive. They need to be more of just a traditional mining company. Sure. So that's what they're doing right now. Is they're still trying to be what they used to do, but also not really. And they're just becoming a traditional mining company like anybody else that's maybe a little bit more modern and hip than other mine services contractors. Yeah. And then I think they're going to build it and then sell it. If if I had to yeah, guess, okay. I remember you saying that yeah. They're yeah. for sure they're for sure going to sell it in just a few years. If I were a betting man. Interesting. I, okay, so they've had like a presence here in Nashville. Like I've seen Turn yeah. Mining Group trucks here before. Yeah, they were working for What kind for, of work are they doing? They were stripping for Vulcan materials okay. at some quarries. For Vulcan, okay. Mm-hmm. They, they were working for Vulcan for years. Oh, really? Yeah. Got it. Okay. Yeah, they've been working in Tennessee shit since almost when they started the company. Oh, really? They, yeah, they've had contracts out here a long time. Got it. Okay, okay, okay. Um, and they're probably just hurting because you know they don't have Ben Schwanberg anymore. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Freaking freaking <laughs> Ben just jumping ship. How could we do that? Mm. Yeah, it's it's a it's a super fascinating. There's just a there's a lot of really sound principles there yeah. that they adopted when they began that I think would perform really 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 well if done in a little bit more refined of a manner. Uh, so I actually wrote down a list of, of the things that I think made them what they were the first because the first two years they didn't have a hiring problem, they had yeah. no recruiting problem at all, which is unheard of in this industry. Mm-hmm. Unheard of. And they did it for a two-year period. So it wasn't just like this one little blip. It wasn't this little fluke. It was a sizable amount of data. Yeah. They had something figured out. They were doing something right. Yeah. And and I think because it didn't work really, really well, everybody just looks at the whole thing in a little bit of a suspicious way. Mm-hmm. But my thinking is, well, no, they actually, Keaton actually had quite a bit figured out in the beginning. And if you take bits and pieces of that and what worked really well, apply it to your civil construction company or wherever you're at, or partners especially, dude, yeah, 
you'll be able to do some pretty incredible things. It's mm-hmm. just if they do it or not. I don't know. I can't. I can only. Yeah. I don't. I can only say so much. Mm-hmm. Are there parts of of that approach that I won't say you brought to build it, but that sounds similar to kind of what we've done in the last couple of years? So big thing is a uh, social media driven from the top down. And and I've done that since, since day one. For sure. Mostly because that was how I began the company. But but still to this day, I didn't come on the podcast, what it was a month ago or something like that, and say, hey guys, social media is really important. You guys should do it. And I've never been on social media or, or my wife's on social media, you know, like a lot of these guys yeah. or or my kids are on it with no presence otherwise. No, I've I've been using it as a tool for four, five years now. Yeah, you, you certainly see the value as a business owner. I certainly see the value of it. And I I practice what I preach. So it's driven from me down. So so you are easy you you are able to talk about the the company and what you do in a free manner because you see me talking about it in a free manner. And mm-hmm. so that makes you comfortable. Hey, if he's doing it, then I can do it. So it starts in the top down. I think that's what Keaton did from the very beginning was he was very, very, and he toned it all the way back. So now he's not like that at all. But in the very be- beginning, he was very vulnerable mm-hmm. and, and sharing how their business operated and what struggles they were up against. And I think he just got the shit kicked out of him so much that he dialed it all the way back. Just he was tired of having those conversations or hearing, you know, you're never going to grow this company or we're not going to work with you if you talk this way online, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and you know, losing contracts. And yeah. it, like I said, mining's very conservative. Anybody that works with NACO knows that it's just, it's a conservative world. Mm-hmm. It needs to change dramatically and it will change dramatically over the next 10 years with people, workforce. But uh, until then, it's it's not going to budge. Are there any lessons from like that sort of approach where they were, Turner Mining Group was maybe really progressive in a lot of ways and then realized they have to tone it all back in order to, you know, get the jobs they want. Are there, is there any lessons there for you where it's like, okay, we're going to continue to double down in these places, um, even though there may has may have been pushback over the. You know, we've kind of talked about a little bit about. You know, there are some people that don't like that you curse on the internet, or yeah. you know, God you, forbid, you, you posted a, a picture of the skid steer upside down. There was like people who had issues with that. Um, I mean, does that sort of kind of align all in the same place for you? Anything do, about it, that? It does, but I think I have a little bit more wiggle room because I'm not a mining contractor. Sure. And we get to pick and choose who we work with. And more often than not, they're more progressive than the rest because they're paying for marketing services. Mm-hmm. And they're they're okay with that. Whereas if I was just bidding work to any mining company like Martin Marietta, which is just like the most buttoned up, staunchy organization in the world, I don't have that freedom. Mm-hmm. And actually Martin Marietta Legal just got slapped us on the hand a week or two, a week ago. Um, yeah, I just don't have that freedom if I'm just bidding to everybody. Yeah. But with where we're at, I do actually have that freedom to somewhat say what I want to say, which is hugely valuable. Well, and it's also, um, you know, I, I think, like you're saying, it trickles down. Like, I think that's 
um, what makes kind of what what we put out into the world really really valuable because there there is kind of that similar approach. There is that like I guess it's branding, but it's it's almost like you know Dan posted like a very transparent. Q and A that he wrote on LinkedIn. Maybe today he posted it. Yeah, but it was just about like you know how do we pick partners? You know what's that? What's all that stuff look like? And there was a lot of detail in there that I was like, man, I don't know if we've ever put that in like the world before, just for anybody to see. But it's like that makes sense because, you know, like, you know, our video editors will post like, here's a project halfway done. Yeah, or um, any anybody is posting stuff that's like not totally polished. And it's be- yeah. because it started with you posting stuff that was not totally polished. You know, we're kind of on that same plane. Well, and that's, that way. And, 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 and so that's another one of the principles is they encourage their people to tell stories about the company from their lens. Yeah. And so you originally, and, and it's not anymore, but originally you had so many individuals within that business from managers to operators just talking about their day-to-day at the company. Mm-hmm. And you could tell it was genuine. They just wanted to talk about it because they were encouraged to talk about it. And so not only was it driven from the top down, but they were truly encouraged to just tell the story as is. And um, that's very, very valuable. It's like something you say about the podcast oftentimes means way more than anything I'll say about it because I am a biased source. Yeah, And people hear from me all the time. Like, I don't shut up. So they're like, all right. We get it, dude. We hear from you all the time. But Alex saying something, we don't hear from him all the time. Mm-hmm. So that actually means quite a bit. I mean, I think what's exciting <laughs> is that like there are all these uh, like aligned messages that come from all over our company mm-hmm. in, in terms of kind of, you know, Shauna writing a post on LinkedIn or, or Mary Leo write something. It's like we're all clearly like rowing in the same direction. And that's, and we're not running this shit by each other. Well, and that's another that's another. Uh, principle that they figured out was they used social media, different modes of communication to create this, this to get the word out about their higher purpose of mm-hmm. making mining better for making life in the in mining industry better, whatever their purpose was. And then uh, just to create a somewhat seamless culture across a lot of different job sites uh, over, over the U S yeah, that's very, very powerful too. And that's what we've done is we've used, the internal podcast. We've used team meetings. We've used social media. We've used a lot of different mediums to create a cohesive sense of direction and understanding of what we're trying to do without being in the same room every single day. Yeah. There's a lot of value in that. You know, I think we've built a pretty good team so far. We've done okay. I'm excited for the next phase, bro. We've done okay. Next phase is upon us. We just jumped into it last week. Hired five people. Shit, man. Nuts. Five signed offer letters in a week, which is I have been just sitting here patiently for months now, waiting to continue to hire people. And now we get to do it again. And here we are. There is this new phase, there is this new evolution of kind of what Buildwood is doing. But like that also means we bring a lot of different new people who are not like who we currently have. And like that's that kind of gets me jazzed up because it's like, you know. Our company has gotten so much better this year because we brought new people on. Totally. And so like we're doubling down. I mean, we talk about doubling down all the time, but it's like we're literally doubling down on that. Yeah. No, uh, freelancing is a really good gig for a while, but it's 
you're somewhat fighting against human nature when you're freelancing, especially when you're working from home, because you're you don't have a particular tribe you're belonging to, yeah. which is very, very a very deep human desire. You want to be part of your tribe. Mm-hmm. And then there's that sense of security. There's that little bit of unknown that you're, you know, you need to go kill whatever you eat. And if you don't kill, you don't eat. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of freelancers, they have that steady income, but m- most of them, especially on the creative side, don't. And uh, I think we'll attract a lot of those folks over mm-hmm. the next few years because we give them that sense of, of higher purpose. We give them that, that tribe to belong to. And that's, I think that's very appealing for, for human beings overall. You're, you're touching on something that I actually wanted to ask you about. You, you posted something this week, I think on your stories. I couldn't find it when I wanted to go back. So I think it was on a story. It was either an article about the value of um, like having an office space for your team or it was about how people crave having an office an office space now that we've you know, yeah. been in a pandemic or whatever. Yeah. And nobody was in the office for a while or very yeah. few. Um, and you had said something about just like, no, you know, we, we, our company has really, really seen the value of people being in the office, building those relationships. And I, I, I think what I've been thinking about is, you know, we were a totally remote company. Mm-hmm. Nobody had anywhere to go. It was just like uh, work out of, your house, wherever you want. And then I guess we'll meet up once a year. You know, there was just, there wasn't a lot of direction there for a while. And now we've got this office. And um, I think what is really attractive about kind of the way we do it, and a lot of companies are not doing it this way. But then there, a lot of companies are just like saying, all right, everybody come back to the office now. We're going to, we're going to start working here. What's attractive about here is that the draw is not just that we have like this beautiful office space where we can, you know, work together and collaborate. It's that we have like the flexibility to where it's like, you know, there are companies that don't have that. There's like companies that pay really, really well that have really, really awesome people who say, if you get here after eight o'clock, if you leave before five o'clock, then you clearly don't care about this. Like you're not as serious yeah. about this. Yeah. And the, the fact that we've kind of, smudged those lines in a way that like serves us um, to me, like that's what's attractive. And I think that's um, to me, that's the future of like the, you know, remote work or whatever, because people do want to build those relationships, but they also want to be like, I kind of feel like shit today. I'm, I'm just going to stay home and work on my stuff. Like that's to me, that sounds like normal human behavior. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, the the pendulum has, has swung too far in the opposite direction with COVID. Mm-hmm. The, the article was about how all of these companies that have traditionally been very physical-based companies are now thinking that the whole workforce wants to be indefinitely remote. And, and the article was like, no, that's actually not at all true. Um, the most sought-after companies right now are actually these three companies, and all of them are in person. They actually are not very flexible from a remote standpoint. Mm-hmm. And we pulled college kids and they want in person. They don't want 100% remote. And if you're a banking organization, you think to compete with the technology companies, you need to be 100% remote because the tech companies are. But the tech companies have built their companies being remote. They, they, they didn't go just remote one day. They've actually built it within their organization and their culture. And all these companies going remote and not even allowing their people to come back to their office for over two years, they're going to get the shit kicked out of them Mm -hmm. over the next 
over the next five, 10 years. It's going to be a long, slow death, but they just obliterated their cultures because they haven't designed their business to operate in a remote environment. Yeah. And so then you put a hundred thousand people in a remote environment and expect it to be better. And then you're looking at, well, production's up. Okay, sure. Productivity's up, but you just obliterated everything else. And we started remote. We've built an organization so far to function, I think, well, remote. We have plenty, yeah. of, we have plenty of problems. And I think a lot of them stem from being remote, but there's a lot of flexibility in being remote. That said, I also think we need to establish some guardrails and we've been a little too flexible as mm-hmm. we go into this next era of business. Yeah. To get to that next level, we need better relationships with one another and there need to be some guardrails. So it's like, Alex, I don't need you to be, you'd be at the office five days a week, but maybe two days a week. And you pick whatever two days and it could be a half day here and a half day there, but like roughly two days, you need to be in the office yeah. if you're in Nashville or if you're out of town, every eight weeks, you need to fly in here and, and spend three days here. Mm-hmm. I don't care what you're here for, but you need to, you need to be here. Leadership team. Every six weeks or so, you you just, you got to be here. Again, I don't care what you're doing, but you got to be here. And you pick like when you come in, why you come in, how you come in, all of that is still up to you. Make decisions. But I think there needs to be some guardrails there because we need more relationships as a business mm-hmm. and we can still offer that freedom. But also, hey, there are some bounds here. And, and this is why, because we need those relationships. And if we just meet twice a year in person, we're not creating the relationships we need. No, sir. We're just not doing it. And so, yeah, could we function right now as a business meeting twice a year? Yeah, we have been, we can, but we're not trying to remain where we are. No. We're trying to go to a whole different league. Yeah. If our business is human capital, it comes down to relationships. And so we need as many opportunities to build those relationships as we can. So sure, can we still be flexible with where people live? Yeah, absolutely. But they need to be willing to travel here every once in a while to just be with the business or else we're we're not, we're just not going to make it. And I think when you're talking about like those guardrails and those um, just kind of like guidelines on you know, us being together. That's what I think of as the, the flexibility and the freedom. Like if you want to just like work at your house 365 days a year, like build it's not right for you. Go work somewhere that's just like a, a you, no. you produce and you spit out work and then they mark it as done. But like that's not build it. And I don't really think we we bring people on who that's like their, you know, I don't know. I just, to me, I feel like you res- you responded as like, well, whoa, 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 wait. I mean, there's these other things. I feel like we're on the same page. Yeah. But what you said, I'm like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so, so I, I think that to me, that sounds like the future is, um, you know, all these larger companies were like, well, you know, we didn't, we weren't paying, or maybe we don't have to pay all this overhead for office space. We just won't let anybody go into work anywhere and they'll work from home and our, you know, we make a lot more money as a, as a company, but like that doesn't mean their companies are getting better. That doesn't mean there's like a any sort of um, you know. Dan talks about like the secret sauce of BuildWit. It's like those large companies don't have that. They just can't. No. And so, but I think kind of where um, the good companies will continue to go is they're not gonna. They might not go back to the big giant skyscraper where they own the whole building and they. You know, half their company is the the top half of the floors in that building, but they might have 
more smaller offices distributed around the country with, you know, the the Phoenix location, the Nashville location, the Orlando location, whatever that is. To me, like that sounds kind of where we're already moving towards is these there needs to be, yeah, there needs to be flexibility, but there also needs to be some some structure. Yeah. Uh, and 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 like I said, we've gotten away with just total flexibility, do whatever whatever the hell you want. And we're not implementing this long list of rules, no. but I have started to understand the value of some structure, especially as we start to grow as an organization. Yeah. So, you know, like I said, the the rail, the guardrails of, and again, this isn't set in stone, but if you're in Nashville, you know, come in two days a week. That's not a big ask no. at all, at all. Or if you're out of town, come in every, you know, six, eight weeks. Not that's that's really not a big mm-hmm. ask. Not at all. And like I, I just I see where we're going. I see the culture we need. And we need to spend more time together to yeah. get there. And, and and something interesting that that has resonated with me, it was I think it was Ed Milet talked about it. When a company win or uh, uh, when a when a sports team wins a like a world championship, world series, super bowl, whatever it is. What they did to win that Super Bowl is not going to go win them the next Super Bowl because now everybody already knows how the hell they did it. Mm -hmm. And everybody is, oh, okay, so they did it that way. And here's, we're going to work harder and harder and harder and we're going to beat them next year. So to go win the next Super Bowl, you need to go do things way beyond where you were before. You need to work harder before. You need to try new things. You need to bring in new people. You need to revise your tactics. Everything you need to do in that 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 following season needs to be more, better, different than that previous season, even if you want. Yeah, and so that's where we are. Is hey, we've had we've had some great, you know, some great seasons here, but we're going into that next season. We're here to win. We need to do things differently. Being in the office shouldn't be a chore either, and or with the people at the company. Like last week. I had a great time yeah. being with everybody. It was just a ton of fun. And Jessica said it, you know, or, or maybe, I don't even know what, it wasn't last week. It was the week before already. Mm-hmm. Shoot. I know. Um, but, and Jessica was like, man, I just, I loved when the office is full and this, it's just, it's fun. Mm-hmm. And and that's, I don't want it to be a chore. I want it to be, Hey, yeah, sure. I'm not with my family right now, but I'm with my work family. And and this is also pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I, I like that language. Just that, when you're at work, it's like, yeah, this is also pretty cool. It's not like you should be, you should care about this more than your own home. You know, like mm-hmm. this, a, there are companies that do that kind of shit. And yeah. it's just like, yeah, this is also cool. And if you like being here, um, cool, let's make good things. Yeah. But I, I also don't need to know when you're going to the doctor. I don't care when you're going to the doctor. <laughs> Go to the doctor. I do mean, your thing. Yeah. yeah. We, don't, we don't need that kind of control. Um, to piggyback off of uh, what you're talking about just with with the travel and all, and all of that, um, you mentioned wanting to talk a little bit about spending um, on the internal podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the, we've had pretty, uh, I don't want to say we've been spending freely, but you know, as our company has grown, obviously, we just are spending more money. And so, um, you know, th- th- I think the model and the approach has, has kind of shifted over the years and, or over the year, year and a half. Um, so kind of in your mind, kind of what's like the next phase of like that approach? So we, there were basically some, there was a little bit of confusion coming out of the team meeting that 
Like what I was saying during Aaron Samaro's presentation was conflicting with what Aaron Samaro was saying. Sure. And that's, yes, that's, that's correct. <laughs> correct. <laughs> it, it, Got it. it was conflicting yeah. with what he's on, on purpose, on purpose. I'm, I, I, I am a Neanderthal. I don't know what I'm doing, but sometimes I do say some things that have some intention behind it. So yes, Aaron Samaro is the voice of reason. Yes, he is the one in charge of making sure we're spending wisely and we're saving. But then I'm on the other side and not going wild, but my job is to go allocate that $6 million of investment and to go create the most value we can get out of it. If we just save the $6 million of investment, there's no point. Why did yeah, we, if it just sits in savings? You, you have to go spend that money. You have to go invest that money to go create a return, to go get more. That's how the business works. Yeah. So it, 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 it's a dichotomy. Yes, we have to save, be smart with our resources. We're not rich. We're on borrowed money right now. But also, we need to invest the resources. We need to spend the money or else we don't create a return on investment. We don't grow the business. We don't get to that next level. And so that's, that's where we're at. And so, yes, it's like Aaron saying, go, go look at, uh, you know, are, are hotels cheaper than Airbnbs or something like that? But then also, if, if a hotel is just a little cheaper than an Airbnb, but you can get a house for five people and you're going to be collaborating for three nights and there's way more value than just going back to your hotel rooms, okay, spend the more money, right? Yeah. Or, or after at the, at, the, at the meeting, and this is a good example, someone, they, they, uh, their flights, uh, they got pushed. So they weren't going to get home Friday anymore. They were going to get home Saturday and they Brutal. had something Saturday. Yeah. I need to get home Saturday. So, hey, there's this flight. I can cancel my flight. I get a flight credit. This one's, a, this one's you know, it's going to cost us $100, $150. Can I do this? Yes, of course. Like, abs absolutely. Yeah. The value of you getting home that night and not missing a night at home or missing whatever you had scheduled or your family or whatever, that's well worth $100, $150. Yeah. Being responsible with money doesn't mean you have to be absolutely miserable at the same time. And so every spending decision is a dichotomy. It's, uh, hey, am I being the most cost effective here? But then also, am I, am I maximizing the value for, for the company? Am I doing what's best for the company? Sometimes what's best for the company might cost a little bit more money. Sometimes what's best for the company might cost a little less. So sure, I've spent $1,500 on plane tickets before, just round trip plane tickets, which is completely insane. That can get me there, here and back to Europe probably twice over. But the situation's dictated that I couldn't get the tickets beforehand. You're at a tricky part of the year. Okay, I'm just going to have to spend the $1,500. Yeah. It is what it is. But if I knew about that trip eight weeks before, and I'm spending $1,500 eight weeks before it was $700, and I'm spending all of that additional money there's just no excuse for that. Yeah. I'm not creating any additional value for the business whatsoever. I think what is non-traditional about what you just said is you were saying, I would say a lot of more traditional, more uh, conservative style companies, when they say do what's best for the company is probably always, always, always attached to thinking about the bottom line. Yeah. Right? I just, I, I, to me, that sounds true. That feels true. My perspective, where if, if someone is saying, 
Um, you need to be focused on what's best for the company. That's coded language for spend less money. And that's not what you're saying. No, no. And, and, and it's like credit card spend's a good example. Aaron Somero, he wants credit card spend to be as responsible as, sure. as can be. But we're, we're growing. And say we go double the size of our business over the next three months. Credit card spend is going to be substantially higher three months from now than it is right now. Yeah. Is that, is that, does that mean, oh, oh no, we're out of control. We're spending like crazy. <laughs> no, we doubled the size of the team. Yeah. So of course spending is going to go up. Of course it's going to go up. Mm-hmm. But as long as it's going up in an intelligent manner, it's like when, when Dan, Randy and I, whenever we're meeting and we go to dinner, we don't go to fancy dinners. We go to Chipotle down the street and we have dinner for $30. Okay. <laughs> because Dan, Randy, and I know that we can have the same conversation over $30 at Chipotle that we can over a $300 meal downtown. We're not going to have the $300 meal downtown. Yeah. And sure, maybe there are some applications in which a $300 meal is valuable. Sure. Right? 100%. But if it's just me, Dan, and Randy, we don't need to be spending that money. Yeah. We're not taking care of anybody. We're not celebrating anything. We're just, we're just talking. We're just being. Okay. You're just talking and need to eat. <laughs> like, that's there, it. There are two things in motion. Yeah. That's it. For drinking, I'm, I'm going to go put it on my, my personal card. Like me as a business owner too, I don't use the company as my piggy bank. Most company owners, oh, just they just swipe the fucking business card for everything. Sure, I'll use it here or there when I can legitimately justify it. It's like, yeah, no, I'm doing some you drive work a company on this car, technically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm driving drive a company car. My phone's on the company. I, you know, if I'm going on this trip, I'll visit a partner and maybe I'll hang out for a few days after. Okay, sure. But if it's and I was just talking to Jessica about this, hey, if it's a personal expense, put it on my my personal card. I don't want that going to the company. Yeah. Because I'm I know it starts with me. So it's it's a complex subject. Everybody views money completely differently. So I can't just say spend how you would spend money because how you spend money <laughs> might Alex, be really different. Is completely different than how I spend money. Yeah. And completely different from how Dan spends money and Randy and Lori and Ben Schwanberg and everybody. We all spend it completely differently. So it's it's we need to spend money, make decisions with, okay, are we we laid out the vision. We need to expand training. We need to expand this social, this, 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 this social network, this software side of the business. We need to get our partnership to be profitable. If it aligns with all that, then let's do it. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and if you have questions about it, ask. Because I get some people are not used to just having even a company credit card. Yeah. I get that's new to people. Just the the freedom to actually spend company money is a completely new freedom that some people coming here have never actually enjoyed before. And then some people might be coming to a, from a big-ass company that would just spend all kinds of bullshit money on lavish this and that. And, oh, sure, you get baseball tickets and go to your nice dinner. I mean, Dan, he'll tell you, get a budget to take people out and buy wine at, at previous jobs. Yeah. That's not, that's not this company. So you can't, you, you know, depending on people's prior experience, you don't know how they've spent money at companies before, mm-hmm. yeah. let alone themselves. I think for me, what I think has been really fascinating is you've put a lot of language to, um, and not necessarily just today, but you know, you've gone on in depth on this maybe two or three times on the internal podcast um, about how like 
trying to go the free route in order to like not spend money can be often det- really detrimental to both you and the company. Correct. Um, like I, I remember I've certainly had like times in the past where it's like, well, I'm going to find this free version that is both inadequate, takes way more time and sucks compared to like the paid version because I'm, I want to save us money or whatever. Like I've, I've absolutely done that before and kind of getting over that and being like, okay, here's, here's when it, when it makes sense to spend money. Like that, that is better for me. That makes me better at my job. That makes me more valuable to build with. Like that, those are the times when like spending money makes sense. Well, and, and with that example, you can slice it a few different ways. Mm-hmm. So there's probably three different ways you can go slice that example. It's maybe, maybe I just need something and I could use the free version because I just need to do it for a week or one project. And yeah, yeah it kind of sucks, but I just need it for a project. Okay, sure. I'm just going to use the free version. Yeah, go from point A to point B and yeah. move on. Now, hey, maybe I need this now and I'm going to be using it a lot. Okay, yeah, go to the paid version. But maybe I can, hey, I know that you know, ne- next six months, I'm going to be doing this here or there. I, I need the paid version, but maybe I can wait on that. And, and maybe I can push that off six months and, and use the free version right now. It's not going to make me any really any less efficient now, but long-term, I would like that. Yeah. Maybe I'm going to wait a little bit. There's kind of, there's, there's different paths on that exact same thing. Like for the office, for example. So I just greenlit some, a, a few minor expenses. Like we're going to put carpet in the meeting rooms for the acoustics. And there's, there's, there's new shelving and integrated power in the meeting rooms as well. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to, to bend down and plug your, like there, we just have plugs in. Yeah. It's, it's all about increasing the functionality of the space. But I also want this or, or some floor mats when it's raining so you can wipe your damn feet you know and I want it build with floor mats yeah okay so a few spend a little bit of spending here or there make the space even even better as we've used it it you know it's not perfect so we need to modify it a little bit but but for example I want a coffee machine that's about $6000 yeah you've talked about that before I'm not going to go buy the $6000 <laughs> coffee machine do I want it absolutely but if Jonathan said, well, how's your spending? I saw this $6,000 coffee machine. Explain to me how that's <laughs> impacting the business. Well, Jonathan, we have really good coffee here now. And so we are way more productive because we have way better coffee than this, this little coffee machine or we could buy down the street. It, it doesn't make any sense. You're saying you didn't put it in the pitch deck to investors? It didn't make any sense. <laughs> so, and But then on the, on the flip side, I'm not going to sit down with Jonathan and brag about, well, Jonathan... We saved so much money this month. Let me tell you, you, you know how many deals I got and the saving. That that's care. also that's also not necessarily reporting on any kind of progress whatsoever. Yeah. He's not wanting to hear that, oh wow, you didn't spend the million I gave you. He wants to hear, yeah, we spent the million you gave us and we did everything we said we were going to do with it. Yeah. We accomplished our goals. We pushed the company forward. We pushed it even further than we thought we could. So yeah, we spent the money and we need the next million per plan, but we did a hell of a lot with it. We created a lot of value with it. We created a lot of progress with it and we're even further along than we were anticipating. Here's what we learned. Here's what we screwed up. Here's what we learned. Here's where we're going the next month. Okay, that's how the conversation goes. Yep. I'm not going to brag about how we've reduced credit card spending or how we got this good deal on some software. He doesn't care. True. 
So hopefully this, this is a very complex subject. Yeah. And if you want to, if you want to like probably the best personal finance book I've ever read, it's called the psychology of money. It is so damn enlightening and is so cleverly written and breaks it down in a very simple manner about how money is a complex issue and it really depends on on your background and it really depends on how your parents were with it growing up you know by the time you're an adult your habits with money are already formed like anything else and most people don't even understand that most yeah. people are just a reflection of how their parents had managed money did their parents necessarily manage it all that correctly probably not most people don't manage it all that very mm-hmm. all that well and and they don't spend the time to unwind it so it's a very complex topic. We could spend hours and hours and hours on tangible examples. If you're really curious about something, just ask. Just ask. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Aaron Samaro, he's not the he's not the guy to to go smack people around and be like, "Well, Alex, I saw your credit card bill this month and uh <laughs> I don't know, man. This is this is you need to justify these 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 yeah. these expenses." He's not like, he's there to educate. He's there to help. He's there to empower you with information. So if you, or, or talk to me or talk to Randy or talk to him. Randy, he works for us and he's an investor. That's a pretty good, that's a pretty good perspective. Yeah. Shoot Randy a message on Slack. Hey, Randy, I was thinking about spending this month. I just, I just wanted to be sure. And just from, from your investment standpoint, do you think this is a good way to spend money? He's not going to, he's not going to say no. He's not going to make the decision for you. But he can at least inform you on, well, this is how I would look look at it. Or he would maybe ask the question, well, that I, I completely see why you'd need that, but is there a way we could wait on that a little bit? Or is there a way we could do it a little bit differently? Let's just yeah. let's have a conversation about it. I mean, and I mean that's that's how we grow this thing, is just that approach. Um, and I think it's it's been really valuable that you continue to dig in on the topic that not just you, but Aaron and, you know, our investors and, you know, there will be more investors down the line. Like that's all kind of part of this. And so um, I think the the better that we get at like having like a corporate grip, but just like a company grip on what like good spending is, I think the better. And so um, like you've said before, um, we should be talking about money a lot. And so I think this is right in line with that. Yeah. Yeah, so if there's if there's any kind of expense whatsoever, just talk to somebody yeah. or even if it's your peer, you know, hey, what what do you think about this? Just go get a second opinion on spending in general. I do that all the time. I just did that with Jonathan Randy. Hey, I want to do this project. It was a legal project. Do you guys think this is a wise allocation of capital right now? I'm not just freely spending mm-hmm. money however I I can. I'm not doing that. I feel like I, multiple times people have asked me, "Hey, like not even Asking me more, we're just like, we're talking. They're like, yeah, I think I might need to get this for work. And it's like something that costs like $50. And I think without even knowing what it was, I was like, yeah, of course. Like that clearly you've been thinking about it. It clearly like has value to you. Like it's probably going to make you better. And like, I don't know what that is. But I, to, to me, like I, I just, I'm always trying to think of it that way. Because like I think my first year, I didn't spend anything on my company credit card. Yeah. And it was like, okay, well, here's where I probably should have. And so how can I like approach this better? And so I well, think with yeah, the yeah. more information we have, the better we can do that. And I'm not, I'm not going to pat you on the back and say, wow, Alex, you, you, you spent no money on the, good for yeah, you, good man. Good for you. <laughs> That's probably a problem. Yeah. You probably, you probably should have spent a little bit of money on some things. And even like example, you have this one mouse, it works, 
but it just pisses you. It's the stupidest thing in the world. It pisses you off every single time you use it. Okay, sure. Could you wait six months? Yeah, but you're going to be frustrated for six months because this stupid ass mouse and to save you from that frustration, you could spend $30 on the one that you actually want. <laughs> spend $30 on that new mouse. Yeah. I mean, seriously. There you go. I mean, like you said, there's a million examples of this. So many different nuances to it. Uh-huh. So many nuances mm-hmm. to it. And so there's no right or wrong. There's no, it, 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 there's no rule I can, I can, or set of rules I can go create. We still have make decisions. You're still empowered to make those decisions, mm-hmm. but there are, are nuances here. It's a dichotomy. And, and me saying one thing and Aaron, Aaron Samaro saying another on the same subject could, we, we could both very well be right. And almost every single time we're both right. Yeah. That's why I was saying some counterpoints to when we were at the company meeting, we were both right. Mm-hmm. Aaron is right saying, Hey, there's a lot of times where we can save a lot of money in hotels. And, and I'm saying, well, no, I'd, I'd spend the money on Airbnbs. We're both right. <laughs> yeah. Depends on the application. Well, and I, th- I think, you know, the, the better we institutionally get at that, just like the, the um, kind of built-in knowledge to like our culture of just like, yeah, we, we spend money on things that make sense and we don't spend money on things that don't make sense. Yeah. Like that's how we get there. Well, like Air, a hotel Airbnb, for example, we're going to Key West. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we need three, three, three places to Key West. And it was $800 for a hotel or $1,500 for an Airbnb. Something, you know, I'm just making yeah. up numbers, but it was it was a big spread. Are we going to have far more collaboration in an Airbnb than we are in a hotel? Yes, we are. Is it worth the $900 spread? No, not really. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we'll go stay in the hotel. <laughs> yeah. Am I going to enjoy the hotel as much as the Airbnb? No, Probably I like not. staying in Airbnbs, but it's a $900 spread. That's a pretty easy decision to make. Mm-hmm. Because like the next the next time like that same kind of question happens, maybe it is the maybe it is worth it, you know? And so I think that's like all this is about yeah. is just all of us getting better at understanding how to make those decisions. Yeah. Or plain Wi-Fi. I don't spend money on plain Wi-Fi because I'm not worth anything on a plane. <laughs> I take my Dramamine. You've said it many times. I'm I'm done on a plane. Yep. But say you're Chase Harris, you can work very well on a plane. Spend the $30 for plane Wi-Fi to get some things done on your four-hour flight. Come on. Amen. Okay. Cool. Uh, Well, this is the last internal podcast of 2021. Really? Yeah. Wow. I just don't necessarily feel like people would, would be listening to an internal podcast on Christmas Eve. I don't know. That's just me. I would. I know you would. It's my favorite show. <laughs> it's his favorite internal company podcast he's ever heard. It's my favorite show. It's a pretty good one. Yeah. I uh so I'm I'm sad to hear that we're not having one on Christmas Eve, but I, I mean, guess it you, works. You and I could still do it if you'd like, but we're <laughs> trying to make it happen around here. Mm-hmm. Um but I I just would say um I'm very thankful that I get to do this. I'm very thankful that uh, my my teammates listen to this and, and find value in this and provide feedback in a way that's really, really helpful. Um, I'm, I'm very thankful to be a part of a team that uh, gives as much of a shit as y'all do. So um, thanks for a good year and look forward to next year. Likewise. The, the, the interesting, and we've talked a little bit about this, 
uh, we have a lot of new people coming on. Yeah. This could be one of the first exposures to the build it world that they've, they've had is this podcast, potentially even this episode. Maybe even this episode. Wow. So if you're new, welcome. We're happy to have you. We're happy to have you. Welcome to Buildwood. <laughs> oh man. We need, I am Buildwood. We need to get some sort of uh, like celebrity spokesperson to kind of be the like a host of like a Buildwood trailer. It's like, welcome to Buildwood. Mm-hmm. I'm Christian Slater. <laughs> What's that? What's that website where you can hire celebrities? To Cameo? Do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that speaking of of wise spending. Getting Christian Slater to uh, yeah. narrate something for us. That I wonder would be if Christian Slater's on Cameo. It money, feels like a thing he would well do. Spent. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, um, if y'all have uh, questions, kind of going into the next year, um, we still had a, we still had a couple on the list of, of things you know about the the new kind of next period of of what we're working on at Buildwit. Um, just you know, upcoming investment periods. Kind of after we get through this first section, um, you know, we'll, we'll hit those in the new year. But I feel like this. Uh, kind of seemed to be a good place to to wrap it up, kind of going into the holidays. Wrap it up, and like I've said, spend the two weeks, use it as a gift, yeah. spend it wisely. Don't just dick around, unless that is like the best use of your time, and that's sure. what you need. Cool, but spend it wisely. Um, the my question for the Friday call at the end of this week is. What's a specific thing you're going to spend uh, your two weeks off doing? That's good. Because I, when where I, where I always push back on the internal, I want to hear like specifics. So like to me, I could answer, I'm going to spend more time with my kids. It's like, sure. But like, I want to hear like, yeah. you're going to go see a movie with your kids yeah. during the day. The or, you know, day or just, you know, just any of that kind of stuff. Like yeah. I like love learning about that stuff. I'm also, I don't know, I just love like the day in the life, kind of slice of life question. Um, so y'all have time to, I guess you'll have the day to uh, listen to this and get there. Yeah. I in, in, in spend the spending money too. Yeah. That's what it's there for. It's for spending. That's why I call it spending money. That's why you call it spending money. Yeah. My, my dad, that was his big thing. Still is. He'll just, and he doesn't really do it for me anymore, but say I'm with a friend of mine, he'll just give my friend $20. <laughs> that, that's spending money. There you go. He always says it's always spending money. He'll spend it. So take that money, go spend it on something cool. Go spend it, you know, hopefully on an experience. Mm-hmm. Experiences, dinner for your family, whatever, make it special. Cool. Okay. Happy holidays, everybody. Happy holidays. We'll see everybody in the new year. Stay dirty. <laughs>